This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Oh no. Were you a Rory? I was a bit of a Rory. Ugh! Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. We're a couple, we're comedians, and this is our podcast, where I make Brian watch Gilmore Girls, a show he's never seen. And I make Stacey watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show she's never seen. And so far this experiment's going well. Turns out we knew what each other would like. Similar tastes. That's why we fell in love. So what have you been up to today, Brian? Well, today's crazy. I finally confronted our neighbor. But not the one we've told you about. No, a different neighbor. Yeah. He works on jingles, like... Add jingles, I guess. He works on the same jingle for months. I don't know how long it takes to write a jingle. It doesn't take me that long to write a sketch. I know that. But he plays this same little three-minute jingle, maybe two-minute jingle. It seems like he's maybe been building it over time because it used to be like, just like this weird ooing. But now it seems more upbeat and maybe has words. And it's it's honestly like he's pumping it out the window over and over again for hours. We have all the windows shut and we can still hear it clear as day. It's so loud and he's in like a different building than we're in. But I finally just like got upset and decided to go over there. And when I went over there, luckily someone else was walking into the apartment building. So I just went up to the apartment where music was coming out. <laughs> and I just knocked on the door until he answered. And I was like, stop it. Yeah, he, he shook him. No, I, that, that sounds way more confrontational. I just was like, hey, man, I live in the apartment behind you. Could you please, please not play it so loud? And he said, very well. I don't know what that means. We'll see. Yeah. But it was it's driving us insane. We're quarantined. We can't go anywhere. And then every day we just hear, just imagine if every single day during quarantine, for the last eight months, you just kept hearing like the McDonald's, I think I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, you are. But imagine it like Brian's doing it. Like it's not quite ready yet. <laughs> it's just wrong and bad and over and over. I know it sounds insane what I did, but the, it, you you can't understand how much it was driving us nuts. It's... I feel a little bad because maybe he like used to have a studio and because of quarantine, he's forced to work from home as well. But apparently only at like four o'clock on Sundays. Yeah, I, there's just no reason it needs to be that loud. Like the jingle would never be that loud. Yeah, I understand if he needs to like play the instruments at full volume, but I don't know if he's playing instruments. He's just like replaying what's been recorded at a very high volume. Yeah, and I wouldn't even mind it if it was like, oh, I can hear it, you know, like someone's playing. It doesn't sound like someone's just playing music from their apartment kind of loud. It's like he clearly has like very big speakers and he's blasting it. Well, Brian, in some positive news, we got two (laughs) five-star reviews this week. Yeah, I saw that. That was nice. Thank you so much. Shout out to Beast of the Seas and Oscar Santana Lies for the five-star reviews and the kind words. Thank you so much. We'll give you a shout out if you leave us one yourself. Okay, now that I am calming down from my adrenaline surge from confronting a neighbor, Mm -hmm. let's talk about Buffy and Gilmore. Okay. So this week we started with Buffy and we started with season two, episode four, Inca Mummy Girl. Stacey, what happened? So in this episode, Sunnydale High is having like a cultural week and everyone's getting foreign exchange students to come stay with them. They also go to a museum where they find a mummy girl and she comes to life and tries to stay alive by turning everyone else into mummies by sucking the life out of them. And they get her. They stop her. Yep. Okay. So it starts with the kids talking about culture week. And honestly, these high school kids could use some culture. Like they're pretty xenophobic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. Um, Xander and and Cordelia especially are just like almost making fun of the fact that people speak other languages. Yeah, it's kind of 
offensive by today's standards and maybe for those days standards too i don't know it wouldn't fly now they have a like a costume party where people dress up like different cultures this would not fly at all yeah, right I don't now think you can just dress like a native american person uh, but they did it and probably would be canceled now oh uh, yeah super canceled but yeah they're on their way to a museum for a field trip they're all talking about the foreign exchange students they're gonna get this museum trip by the way is somehow related to the cultural thing i don't really understand xander's all worried because buffy's foreign exchange student is male that's all we know about him cordelia can't believe she doesn't know if he's hot that she hasn't checked because that's all that matters to her but xander's very upset that buffy's gonna have a man living with her for two weeks i can't imagine acting this way around a friend i had a crush on even i'd be like i'm making her uncomfortable right yeah like dude we know she's not into you stop like being so possessive of something that probably will never be yours it's gonna make her not want to be your friend yeah i feel like there's a way to do this in a show where like the guy like subtly tries to undermine love interests but this is just so blatant that you'd think at some point buffy would just be like xander you need to stop like i don't enjoy being around you or give the guy a friend that isn't a woman he's interested in slash a woman that's interested in him that he can like have these conversations with he could even do it with willow not knowing that willow's into him and we as the audience know but yeah he's just saying it straight to buffy so we're at the museum we're getting a tour there's a named character named rodney munson who's got braces and he's like all up on a mask like touching it a thing he probably shouldn't be touching and he's like filing it or something <laughs> no one cares that he's doing this by the way but the gang is like one of us should really say something to him about it and it's going to be Willow. Apparently, she's tutoring him in chemistry. And we learn that he used to beat up Xander. It's it's kind of unclear what genre of student this kid is. He seems to be weirdly interested into destroying this cultural artifact. I don't know. He's I don't just know an is. insane bad kid, I guess. Yeah. He's With like, braces. But he wants to do better in school. <laughs> yeah, you would think this guy wouldn't be into tutoring at all. But apparently, he is, even if he's not working. So then we go on a tour of this room where there's a mummy. We hear something from the tour guide about, like, human sacrifices, and you'd think that this would be triggering for many people in this room. Not long ago, Willow and Cordelia were about to be humanly sacrificed to regrow the master, but they're fine. They're like, yeah, tell us about that. doesn't bother us at all. (laughs) So there's this mummy girl, like, in a tomb. We learn that there's, like, a seal that she's kind of holding, which just looks like a plate, but that's somehow keeping her curse in, essentially. A little later, Rodney breaks back into this room to take this plate. He loves artifacts and, like, breaks the seal. He pisses all over the mummy. But he didn't really pee. No. Xander and Buffy are talking in the library. He's, again, just, like, so openly jealous of this man that's going to come live with her, this boy. Somehow the topic of lips comes up, and Xander says something about how he doesn't think about Willow's lips But Willow has walked in at this moment, and of course, she was probably just somewhere thinking about how much she wants him to think about her lips. And honestly, her lips look pretty good in this episode. I thought she looked cute (laughs) in a lot of scenes. They were definitely, again, trying to make her look like a child. She's got this, like, fur hat on, and she's, like, holding a stuffed animal for a good chunk of time. Yeah. Actually, I did like her outfit with the suspenders. I thought she looked cool in that. I did like how Buffy, like, asked Xander, like, she's kind of trying to be Willow's friend. where She's like, you sure you've never thought that way about Willow? But he's like, no, Willow's my friend. I love her but not in a romantic way. We find out that Rodney is missing. He didn't go home after the field trip. This makes no sense to me. There's been how many deaths at this school at this point? They're not going to count all the kids make sure they're on the bus? You lose kids in this town like every couple days. Like, I'm, you've, there's got to be something in place. So the kids go back to the museum and the mummy has braces now. Guess what? Rodney is the mummy. He wasn't the whole time, but now he is the mummy. So the mummy must be on the loose. 
And all they've got is this plate. They just need someone to decipher it for them. Maybe Buffy's new international study buddy can decipher it because he speaks Spanish and this is Spanish? Yeah, they're just assuming that this person from South America will be able to like read maybe an ancient language. From this like very remote sect of Incans. Buffy realized she is very late to go pick up her foreign exchange student whose name is Empada. So he's waiting, waiting. And then we hear a woman's voice say, Empada. Empada, come here. We think it's Buffy. It kind of sounds like Buffy. It's probably not Buffy. It's the mummy girl. And she is full mummy and she goes to kiss him. But I'm assuming it's not like a romantic kiss. It's some kind of like, give me your breath. I need your soul kiss. It's like in the movie Life Force. So Buffy finally arrives super late and turns out Empata was a girl, which they barely question. They're just like, oh, my mistake. Come home with us. And she's this beautiful girl. Xander is immediately smitten. And she is smitten by him, too, for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of problems with this, but it was kind of nice to see someone into Xander. He doesn't get that a lot. I felt good that someone was into him. That wasn't trying to, uh, like, chop his head off. Right. But he does check to make sure that she's not a praying mantis. Which was fun. Xander, the whole first 15 minutes of this episode was just like, Buffy, I can't believe you would even consider letting a man come into your house. I'm the only man you're allowed to think about. And then he's just immediately like, screw Buffy. I'm very into this girl. I can do whatever I want. And I know they're not in a relationship and he can do whatever he wants. It's just like so hypocritical Mm -hmm. that he's like telling her who she's allowed to hang out with, even though it's like totally for school and a good cause. Right. And now he's just like, nope, this was a great idea now that it's going well for me. Mm -hmm. Not good behavior. Not on Team Xander yet. Yeah, I don't know. Rewatching the show, I feel like, I feel like it gets better, but like he is like super jelly and insensitive. Some of the insensitivity I feel like is, is intentional by the writers, right? Like he just doesn't know that Willow is in love with him. So when he says stuff that hurts her, he doesn't know that. But like sometimes it's just like, I don't know, the Buffy stuff is like so much. Yeah. So we take her to school the next day. Turns out Cordelia's got a foreign exchange student too, who's maybe from like Norway. His name's Sven. Yeah. Sweden. She doesn't seem to like him as much as she thought he would. But she's like very condescending to him. And then we get a brief glimpse of the band that's going to be playing at the cultural dance. And Seth Green is in it. His name's Oz. I thought there was a really funny line in this scene where Oz is talking to the band leader. And Oz says, any girl who is pretty and can talk impresses you. And then he's like, they don't have to talk. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he asks Oz like, well, what kind of girl would be good enough for you? And we don't know. We don't know yet. I have an idea. Well, I, I do know now, but it's in gonna that be moment, Buffy. <sighs> no, no, no. Get off of her, everybody. She's got vampires to slay, except for the one she's in love with. <laughs> so they force Empata to go to the library so she can translate these plates, and it turns out she can, and she's like, It says something like bodyguard? And they're like, Cool, cool, thank you. Xander takes her outside to teach her how to eat Twinkies, which the only correct way apparently is to stuff the whole thing in your mouth. All of this is like not making Xander look good. He looks like a big dork. I'm like, why are you trying to impress her with this nonsense? She loves it though. She is eating it up. Literally. Also, this is the second time we see Dude with Knife. Um, they go back to the mummy to like check around for stuff there to see what happened to what's his face. Rodney. Uh, and a dude with a knife shows up. Definitely looks like a pirate sort of. Uh, like slashes at them twice, looks at the mummy and then leaves. And now he tries to kill Xander for taking some of the plate and then he sees the mummy and he's like you you're the one yes so apparently he is this bodyguard that is tasked with keeping the mummy safe so she can do whatever she needs to do because that's what Impata says is on the plate Buffy and Willow are working on figuring all this plate stuff out in the library Willow's clearly off in another world and Buffy gets her attention and she says yes I am caring about mummies what is wrong with Willow (laughs) 
She is thinking about Xander, her true love. I know, but why does she forget how to speak English well? Because Joss Sweden wrote it, and when he thinks about love, he loses the ability to speak. But I, I feel like it's maybe an okay writing choice, but there's like a miscommunication with how she should deliver the line. It's just something's weird. Yeah. Anyway, Buffy and Willow have a nice heart-to-heart about... How Willow's like, yeah, maybe I should just give up on Xander. It's getting a little annoying that he's constantly in love with other women. At least when he was in love with you, I knew you didn't love him back so I could deal with it. But now he seems to be into this new chick. And Buffy's like, good for you. And she's like, well, I don't know that I've made that decision yet. I just am thinking about abandoning Xander as a love interest. I mean, what Willow's saying there is kind of sad too, right? Where she's like, I don't mind the fact that he's in love with you because I know he'll never get you. Which is sort of mean to Xander. (laughs) And we set up earlier in this episode that Willow, like, she knows she's not going to the dance with Xander, but I think she's kind of hoping that they'll, like, have a good time at the dance together. And she's been working really hard on her hopefully cultural sensitive costume. (laughs) But at this point, she's like, you know what, Xander, I know you like this girl. Why don't you just take new girl to the dance? And he's like, hell yeah. I like when Xander says to Willow, like, you're my best friend, because he clearly does care about Willow. So he asked her to dance. She goes into the bathroom to, like, think about it, and then the bodyguard shows up. But also, is he just waiting in this women's bathroom for her? Yeah, does he have, like, magical abilities, or is he just... What is his... What? What? Why is he alive? Is he from the time that she's from? Was he released somehow when the plate was broken? Yeah, none of this makes sense. So he just hangs around whatever museum she happens to be in. Buffy breaks into the museum, and there's no guards, no problem. There are, like, two or three times at least they break in. Whatever this religious organization is that's, like, following her to make sure she doesn't get free, there's no way they're going to be like, yeah, let's just leave her at this museum. Right. That was kind of dumb, too. When she first went to Buffy's house and was talking to Buffy, she was saying a bunch of stuff like, yeah, I've toured around the United States. Oh, I loved that. I liked that a lot. It's cramped where I come from. It's just me. Like I was like, we get it. You're the mummy. It's not a secret. Like <laughs> it's, it's like you're covered in toilet paper wrap and you see Brendan Fraser everywhere you go. <laughs> One time I saw Tom Cruise. <laughs> it seemed rebooted. But back to this dude just appearing in the lady's bathroom. He knew she'd come into? I mean, I guess he knew she was probably at the school. But I just like the idea that, like, he's there all day. Like, women go out there to pee. He's just a pirate man in there. Just like, oh, I'm just waiting for a mummy. I'm waiting for a different girl. Don't worry about it. No, no, it's cool. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> but she sucks his life force out of him. Which, so that means he is alive? Yeah, I think he's just like, in my mind, he's like a... You know, new generation, they pass down that you're he's part a of watcher. This. Yeah, he's like a watcher of her. Yeah. Okay. So he he's not from ancient times. He's a live man that was born a normal time ago for him to be the age that he is. I imagine so. I guess he could be immortal, but then when she sucks his life, you think she would also be immortal. Yeah. Okay. So he's a watcher. Got it. Yeah. Because this really, she's a metaphor for Buffy. Yeah. I think is the whole point of this episode. So Xander's going to take her to the dance. Giles is like, Buffy, you can't go to the dance, but we are going to have our own weird date tonight. We got to work on going to the museum and figuring out this mummy situation. So Buffy helps Empata get ready for the dance. She's trying to like go through her shit for her, like help her unpack. And she's like, no, no, don't do that. That's my stuff. Which, yeah, I mean, maybe Buffy, you shouldn't unpack this girl's stuff. Then Xander shows up. He's dressed as like a spaghetti western character i don't really know how that's cultural yeah he's like clint eastwood i'm like what who are you buffy seems a little sad i think because this girl gets to go to the dance they've kind of bonded over how they're both sort of trapped even though buffy doesn't understand what she means by that yet impata like just lays out her whole story to buffy too like wink wink i'm talking about me 
She has been the whole time. She's not been subtle. Yeah, she gives a lot of exposition to Buffy in a way that, like, there's no way I wouldn't lean forward to be like, wait, are you a mummy? Because we're looking for a mummy, and you just gave me a mummy story. Yes. So essentially, she had to kind of, like, fulfill a prophecy of her own by being sacrificed to, like, protect the town. And as long as the seal isn't broken, this town that she's from will be protected. And this mummy watcher has to keep her safe. So she can't really, I mean, she's dead, so she can't really have a life. And in some ways, Buffy can't really have a life either because she's got to protect her town from vampires. Buffy hasn't put all that together yet, but we have. Her mom's like, wow, it's nice to have a fake daughter for two weeks that actually does stuff, Buffy. She goes upstairs, Giles comes over, and apparently just goes up to Buffy's room and then takes her in his car to the museum, and Buffy's mom doesn't care about that at all. They're in Buffy's room for a little while, like, going through Empata's stuff, and, like, Buffy's mom has to hear them. Yeah. You think Buffy's mom be like, do you have, like, an old man in your room right now? But they open her trunk. They find a bunch of boys' clothes and a bunch of boy. The mummified body of the real Empata, the boy. So they put everything together. Giles is going to go to the museum to try to put the plates back together. I think Buffy's on her way to, like, warn her friends about the mummy on the loose because she knows she just sent Xander off on a date with a mummy. Xander and Impata are having a great time, but she is slowly becoming a mummy again, so she's got to suck someone else's life out. Xander was the obvious choice because their mouths are right next to each other, but she sees this this other boy. Jonathan. On the stairs. It's Jonathan. They don't name him, but Brian tells me it's Jonathan, who, as you Gilmore heads will know, is Doyle in Gilmore Girls. Doyle. We won't get to for many seasons, but... Surprise. Yeah, I didn't know Jonathan got introduced in this episode. Uh, well, I forgot. Yeah, he's not named. So you knew he was going to live. Yeah. So she goes into a little room with Jonathan to suck his life force out. Xander comes in, stops this from happening. Doyle, Jonathan, scampers away. Her hand's all gross. Yeah, she's getting mummied fast. She needs to do something. I don't think Empata and Xander like really would work as a couple. Like Xander, half of the shit he says is like a pop culture reference. Mm, mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls is that way too, honestly. And to an ancient mummy, like, okay, well, I didn't see Weekend at Bernie's, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like when Willow shows up, she's some kind of Eskimo, I guess. Yeah. And Empata's like, oh, very authentic. And we were like, did she know anything about that culture? I don't know how she would. Did she read a bunch of books since she woke up two days ago? Yeah, was she like stood up across the museum from like an Eskimo exhibit and she's like, oh yeah, that's interesting. That could be. She could also meet a dinosaur and be like, oh yeah. And it's here at the dance that the lead singer of the band had his eye on beautiful Empata, but Oz has his eye on the beautiful Willow? What? Who is that girl, he says twice this episode. So he's kind of chasing after her, but doesn't really catch her. She's getting a little desperate to suck someone's life force out. So she it seems like it's going to be Xander. Like, he's there. She's just going to have to do it. Cut to commercial. There's tension. Right after we come back, she brings herself to her senses. She can't do it. She can't do it to Xander. Then she, like, feels that someone's got the plate, I guess. She just, like, turns to the camera like, the plate. So I guess she can just tell that Giles is, like, putting it back together. Meanwhile, Giles is having a ball at the museum, doing a little puzzle, putting all these plate pieces back together. And Pata gets there. She smashes the plate. Oh, I felt so bad for Giles. He'd done such a good job. He was almost done. She got there quick, yo. (laughs) But all the Scooby gang is on her heels. Yeah, they all get there quick. Apparently the museum is just right next door to the bronze. Giles and Buffy get thrown into the sarcophagus. They make out. I don't know if that's true, but they're in there alone. I know that that's true. It happens. (laughs) It's canon. They talk about it next episode. They're in there for a while. She's into old dudes. (laughs) 
Willow shows up, obviously, and and is gonna suck her life force out. And Xander's like, "No, you can't do it to her. You'll have to do it to me." And she's like, "Okay, well then I'll do it to you." Yeah, she was just like, "Yeah, that's fine." But that w- it was nice that Xander couldn't live without Willow. Yeah, he saved her once again. Okay, I'll kind of like him, I guess. Buffy kicks her way out of the sarcophagus. Giles has lipstick all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stacey's so been doing a lot of fanfic. Uh, she's really uh, shipping Giles. Uh, Guffy. 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 Yep. <laughs> Mummy girl goes to kiss Xander. Buffy comes out, grabs her away. At this point, I guess she was on the last like three seconds of her life and she just sort of falls apart. Oh, yeah. She was real crusty. She falls apart like that plate. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she had done this to a vampire, if she would have been able to like live longer. Maybe they could have just had her like, yeah, just you can just kill vampires. Like that. that's how you get to live. Oh, maybe. So then they just kind of walk out of the museum. Next day at school, Xander's kind of down in the dumps. He's like, oh, man, I've got the worst taste in women, you know, because he dated an insect Mm -hmm. and a mummy girl. Mm -hmm. And we sort of examine the parallels between Buffy being a chosen one and Empata being a chosen one, but how Empata decided to be a little selfish. And Xander's like, yeah, but you, you know, Buffy, you did decide to be altruistic. You gave up your life. And then she's like, yeah, luckily I had someone like you to bring me back. I like that line. That was nice. Yeah. It's tough because, like, for Xander's character to be funny, he has to be sort of outlandish in his behavior. Uh, it's sort of cringeworthy to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, they do have bits of dialogue to remind you that, like, he's good at heart. So, Brian, was this a good episode of Buffy? No, it was not. It wasn't. I really didn't like it. No, it wasn't good. Like, the mummy was the bad person. Yeah. But we liked her. It wasn't her fault that she had to be a mummy. Right. And she was just kind of forced to suck the life out of people mm-hmm. to stay alive, which isn't nice. But, like, I also am, like, not scared of her. Plus, it was there was never a misdirect. We knew what the bad thing was from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was kind of a fun way to, like, mirror Buffy's deal that she's sort of, like has to live this life she doesn't want to live. I mean, this episode, right, was to really reinforce for the audience the different relationships between everybody, right? Willow likes Xander. Xander doesn't like Willow. Xander likes Buffy. And, like, to really set up that, like, we need a new love interest for Willow. It was nice to see Xander find someone, but also you knew it wasn't going to work out. So, like, also none of that mattered, and it just made Willow sad. So much of the show has been Willow being sad. (laughs) I hope things turn around soon with Seth Green and her. I don't have a problem with the mummy concept of needing to suck life to live, but I think it would have been more interesting to explore the the moral implications uh, and the struggle to decide whether or not you can kill people to live. Yeah. Or like struggling with like, can I eat, can I take the soul of an animal or something? And like maybe that, do- she tries that, but it doesn't work. So she really has to come to the I'll kill people thing. And I think we were also supposed to believe that her watcher was sort of an evil character, or at least be faked out that he was the bad guy but like he was just doing his job yeah that's the only misdirect right we probably think he's evil but he's not and them like trying to solve the mystery just wasn't interesting because like we already knew what it was Mm -hmm. and sometimes we are a step ahead of them i think but it was just like okay what are giles and buffy doing just a lot of library book reading scenes when we already know what's happening Mm -hmm. all right that's all i have to say and now for a special segment we like to call meanwhile on charmed Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time as Buffy and Gilmore Girls, but this show neither of us watched. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on the IMDb summaries. Stacey, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 2, Episode 4, The Devil's Music, worried about cash flow in the struggling new P3 club, Phoebe and Prue conspire to take on a zero-interest loan behind Piper's back, trusting that she will be able to make the club successful. Okay, P3, there's three girls with P's in their name. I'm guessing it's their club? Club? They have an auction house. 
Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of things they're trying to juggle right now. Crew's got a baking show. I guess the other two maybe don't have jobs, so sure. So they take a zero interest loan, but I'm guessing it's got to catch like their souls or yeah, because there's no magic in this description, so there must be some kind of like deal with the devil. Yeah. Why do you think Piper is like the odd one out? Why, why are they like entrusting Piper with the one that's going to be running this place? I'm guessing it's because Piper's not good at magic, so they're like, she's got to be good at, like, running a dance club, right? Yeah, or, like, let's just get her a project so she doesn't try doing magic as much. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know that this club's going to be a good idea in the long run, especially if Piper's running it. Yeah, it's not. I mean, she's going to crash it. Uh, they're pro- they have to give the club up at the end to the devil to pay off everything, because the devil probably looked at their souls and was like, oh, these aren't that great. And they're like, what if we gave you a club? And he was like, okay. So you think the devil co-owns the club with the girls? I think he just owns it at the end. I don't know. I, I feel like the club's going to come back. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I should call my dad. Um, <laughs> it's possible he's seen an episode with the club. Wait, are we going to have difference of opinion here? You think that the club is owned by the devil and we're not going to see the club again? That's what I think, yes. I think Piper owns the club and will manage it badly. Okay, well, uh, we'll have to keep reading these descriptions to see who's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm excited. Okay. This is the first time we've disagreed. Well, except when you thought it was a degenerative disease that they inherited instead of magic. I already know that we're going to agree on that someday. (laughs) Okay. This has been Meanwhile Uncharted. So then we watched Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 4, The Road Trip to Harvard. Brian, why don't you summarize this episode for us? This episode is about Lorelai dealing with her calling off of the wedding Mm -hmm. by ignoring it, sort of. And also her trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life when Rory moves on to Harvard. Yeah. So the episode starts with them on a road trip. And I'm going to be honest, I'm annoyed with Lorelai like pretty quick in this episode. He did. Pause it immediately to express that. She's like complaining about she needs her music while Rory's like, where are we going? Like, I'm trying to look on this map. Like, where are we? But I'm just like, no, Rory is totally in the right right now. Like, where are you going? She's playing along with you. You just called off a wedding. She's being such a great daughter by going with you. Like, Can you point out she still hasn't really explained to Rory maybe or to us why? Yes. Like, what happened? She decides she has to call Suki to let her know she's not coming into work. Lorelai's all like, I hope you didn't uh, make that cake already because I know you would have put a lot of work into it. And Suki's like, no, I didn't. Pan over to the cake. Huge multi-tiered cake. And then she like hangs up. She's like, ugh, I shouldn't have named this cake. Which immediately was like, oh yeah, it's like Buffy. That cake is dead now. Its name was Clyde. I honestly felt really bad for Suki for another reason though because she had like planned that whole engagement party. Yeah, Suki takes this way too easy. Yeah, I'm like, no, Suki, you should be pissed. You put so much work. Who paid for this? Yeah. <laughs> we never exactly find out if she's told Max, but I, I think she has, just from the way she says things. Because she, like, tells everyone in the town. Yeah. So I assume Max knows. I think there would have been a line, like, have you told Max? And she yeah. would have been like, no, not yet. Yeah. So they decide to go to a B&B because Lorelai remembers, like, an old friend of hers, like, owned this B&B. But lo and behold, a different woman owns it. She's renamed it the Cheshire Cat. I don't know why. It doesn't seem to have a drug theme. It has a flower theme. Maybe a cat theme. There is a cat. And I've seen this woman in other stuff. Yeah, I know. I think she's just one of those people that's in, like, one episode of every sitcom ever. Dude, she's in an episode of Buffy. An episode of Buffy that actually is sort of similar in some ways to the episode of Buffy we just watched, actually. Great. Can't wait for that one. (laughs) The woman's like, hey, do you want to ring the bell? That's kind of funny. She's like, that's the most excitement around here is to ring that bell. Yeah. It's very, um, I don't know, Midwestern-y feeling there. Like, 
the woman's very chipper. It seems kind of old-fashioned and not very cool, which I think Lorelai immediately picks up on. Yeah, she doesn't want to stay there, but Rory's like, please, I'm hungry, I'm tired. Yeah. Then they go upstairs and they pass a cat and they make a joke about the cat being like fat or big. Yeah, and it was offensive because that cat seems smaller than our cat and I don't think our cat is fat. Our cat's big, but he's not fat. And our cat's bigger than Sammy. Our cat's not fat. Our cat's not fat. He's a big, long boy. He's a big boy. He's not thin. He's not a little bitty boy. But I wouldn't say he's a fat boy. No, he's a big boy. Nothing wrong with a cat being fat. But There's like, nothing wrong with a fat cat. But... Let's not call cats fat when they're not. Yeah. You see a cat, it's a normal-sized cat, you say, hey, that's a normal-sized cat. Nothing weird about that cat. Yeah, they like made a joke that it had eaten another cat. I'm like, no. No way. I enjoyed this cat, though. Our cat is currently pooping, if you hear his litter moving. Okay, Kurt. You're, you're not timing this well with your big cat dumps. Yeah, geez, dude. The hostess takes him to a room that's just like covered in flowers. The girls are like, this is too much. It wasn't as bad to me as they were making it seem. Yeah. I think they could have made it way more gaudy. Like, it's probably a room where it's like, yeah, I don't want to have sex in this room. <laughs> but like, it's not a room like, I can't even sleep in here. And Rory and Laura like, weren't planning on having sex. They're about to, they decide they want to get some food, but they look out and the other B&B residents are like having bingo night or something. And so they're like, we can't go out there because we'll go past these people and they'll make us answer questions we don't want to answer. It's too much. I hate this. Like, this is the part of the episode really bugged me a lot. I absolutely get not wanting to interact with those people. Sure. Having to interact with nice people that are going to ask me a million questions about my life, that sounds awful. But the problem is it's all, like, none of it's required. None of it's an obligation. Yes. They can just be like, hey, we're going we're going to go get some food. I'll see you guys later. They could be like, fuck you. We're antisocial. Bye. And they'll never see these people again. And that would be fine. Yeah. Or just be like, hey, we're just not wanting to talk to anybody right now because I just called off a wedding. Yeah. So, like, I get it, but it did seem like a bit too much to, like, keep them in their room all night without dinner. They make a point of being like, oh, when we don't eat, we get cranky. Hence, a fight's about to happen. Yes. It's only, like, 8.45. They're trapped. They don't know what to do with themselves. So they decide they're going to talk. And Rory wants to talk about the wedding. And she's like, Mom, talk to me. She's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't, I'm running away from my feelings, essentially. Yeah. Good night. She tries to go to bed. And Rory's like, I think you loved Medina and you're just going to regret not doing this. Lorelai's like, no, I wish I loved him. I really tried to love him. And then we're like, oh, this is zooming out now. It's sad. And then the next day they're like, we're good. Don't worry about it. And Lorelai writes some mean stuff in the guest book. And Rory tries to fix it, but it just makes nonsense words. Yeah. But there's scones downstairs and they might just brave these people to be able to eat the scones. They have a couple scones and then Lorelai leaves Rory. It's kind of funny. She like names a couple of children's books that she published because she's pretending she's a publisher. Oh, yeah. Because she didn't want them to know she was like in the in business. Yeah. So she lied about being a publishing. But basically what Lorelai predicted as far as these people asking a million questions like goes down verbatim. And Rory, of course, hates this. Lorelai goes to sit next to the cat on the steps, where he still is, to make a phone call to Suki, who happens to be at Luke's. Luke is mad at Kirk, because Kirk has been there for, like, forever. Uh, He's in a bad mood. And first off, she's on her cell phone, but Luke doesn't care. I feel like Luke would be more upset about that. There's a big sign literally right in front of her that says no cell phones. Yeah, people break the rules. Yeah, well, he seems to be very about the rules right now. True, 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 true. Lorelai's like, tell Miss Patty so everyone knows about this so I don't have to deal with it later. And tell Luke, I guess? And she does, and then Luke, of course, is super happy. Yeah, he's in a great mood. He's totally fine with Kirk being there. Tells Kirk he doesn't have to pay for his coffee. No one has to pay for their coffee. Free Kirk coffee. says gracias, which is funny because he thought that was French. Yeah. <laughs> Luke's business model, I don't really understand. Um, he randomly forces people to leave about every other episode. Depends and, on his uh, mood. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know the, how that works financially, which is important later. 
as they're leaving, Sammy the cat is no longer on the stairs, and Lorelai mentions that. And the host is like, no, he never sits there. <laughs> yeah. They were like, literally, the cat's been there every time we've been on the stairs. Yeah, that was funny. Where are they going to go now? Where is this road trip going to take them next? Rory takes out her map, and then Laura, like, crumples it up and is like, I know where we're going. I hated that, too. I was like, why would you do that to your daughter's map? Like, you're dragging your daughter through this emotional tour. Yeah, she's like, I'll buy you a new one when we get there. But, like, why? Why just not fold that one nice and not have to buy a new one? This would kind of make sense if the purpose of this trip was to break Rory out of her, like, rulesiness. Or map use. (laughs) Yeah. But she decides she's going to take her to Harvard. Oh. And that's fun. They have a good time. And we sort of get the feeling that Lorelai's starting to realize that one day her daughter will go to the school and she will not be a part of her life nearly as much. But also I think Lorelai is starting to realize that she missed out on all this college stuff. Yeah. There's a scene where she's looking at the valedictorians of Harvard and she focuses on the woman from the year 1990, which doing quick math, I believe is the year Lorelai theoretically would have graduated college and being that she was very smart, she maybe could have been the valedictorian Harvard. I'm glad you pointed that out to me because I was like, do we know this woman that she's staring at? It's confusing, but just through discussions people have had on the internet about this moment and also just... What she says later in the episode, I, I think that's what's happening. I thought she was going to see, like, her dad. Her dad went to Harvard, right? Uh, he, no, he goes to Yale. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's a Yale man. Your father was a Yale man. It's from the third Lorelai. I know. But, yeah, later in the episode, she says she's been thinking a lot about all the things she wasn't able to do. So just remembering that moment, I think that's mm-hmm. what she meant. But, yeah, Harvard goes great. Rory sits in on a class and participates probably too much. Oh, man, I'm going to be honest. I, oh, man. Oh, no. Were you a Rory? I was a bit of a Rory. Ugh! What's upsetting is that, like, sometimes in class, I bet people were kind of like, all right, man, like, we get it. You're smart. You're being you're, a bit of a Rory. You're being a bit of a Rory right You'll now. get that in 20 years when you <laughs> watch the show. I will say that one time after a class, this girl who went on to go to Harvard, mm. she turned to me after the class. She goes, man, you were just on fire today. And I remember being like, oh, I guess, I guess it was. <laughs> and that pushed you to do it more? <laughs> Yeah, and I think that was that really was the impetus for me never stopping. Oh, no. I yeah. wouldn't have dated you in college. I didn't have time for dating in college, okay? That's interesting. I didn't know you were a bit of a Rory. I just like discussing concepts a lot. I don't know. But just the fact that she, like, snuck into the class and, like, was kind of embarrassed because she, like, spills her coffee. Yeah, she, like, spills her coffee and then doesn't clean it up. I'm like, is, is there just coffee all over the stairs right now? You'd think she would want to blend in and not, like totally draw attention to herself and like her mom standing behind her yeah i know it seems a bit a bit much lorelei makes her sneak into a dorm and takes a photo of her sitting at a desk this dorm had about the same security level as a sunnydale museum uh there was nobody there (laughs) yeah anybody could walk in and out i think rory was being a little too hesitant to like just walk onto a campus that seemed i mean maybe harvard has way higher security than like the school i went to no i get it though she hasn't You've been to college. And I remember being, like, nervous about going into, like, Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, there would be some kind of, like, bodyguard for I wasn't cool enough or something. Well, that's because you were a bit of a Rory. <laughs> I was a bit of a Rory. So I, I get, like, the trepidation. Be like, oh, well, someone will know. Of course they won't. We know that now. But I get that. I get that, actually. It, it does seem like maybe the dorms would have a bit higher security. Like, where I went to school, I do think you could have just walked into a dorm. But I think where you went to school, UW-Madison, there was a bit more security. So they come back to town. Everyone is like showing her sympathy. want to give her like hugs as she drives by, which is kind of nice. Like saying like, oh, we can move past this. I don't have to think about the wedding. People Mm -hmm. already know. I don't have to tell them. But then outside of her house is the hoopah, which I guess is going to be a fixture for the rest of the show. Apparently. 
So it's Friday night dinner. Lorelai is showing her mother all the pictures from Harvard. Emily is like, why did you even go on this trip? You've got a wedding this weekend. You're acting like this is just any other week. And so Lorelai's like, well, I have to tell you something. And then Emily freaks out because she's like, you got eloped. You didn't tell me. You left me out again. How could you do this to me? I did. I bought you a present for your wedding. I got it all ready for your wedding. And then Lorelai's like, no, I'm calling off the wedding. And then Emily, like, calms down, which was nice to show that Emily maybe had some sympathy for her daughter. Yeah. It, it made me wonder, like, how Emily felt. Like, did she think the wedding was a bad idea? Yeah, I wonder, too. It, it was kind of shocking that she didn't have an opinion. Then she immediately moved on, which I feel like was the writers trying to be like, Emily's trying to not dwell on it to hurt her daughter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's like, let's do ice cream. As if she was telling her it was okay to wallow. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that, but that's great. Thank you. That's perfect. That fits perfect. I don't know if it's true, but it could be. Well, it's a happy accident if it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then they get into a weird fight over what her wedding gift would have been. Yeah. And they were like saying maybe it was forks or spoons. So I was like, if your mother's that rich, you better be getting me something more than forks and spoons for my wedding. So Lorelai and Emily come back into Morningstar Morning Holloway. Um, what? I know. <laughs> I just rolled with what I was saying. Morning Star Holloway? <laughs> okay. So Rory Take it back. Try again. <laughs> Lorelai and Rory come back to Stars Hollow. Yes. <laughs> There's Lane. She's not trapped in Korea. And she had a good time. Rory's all like, yeah, you thought you were going to get stuck there and you didn't seem to care and I didn't actually care. Yeah, Lane was like, did you get my letters? And Rory's like, yeah, but when one gets a letter from a friend they might never see again, you'd think you would write them back. Yeah, I know. She didn't write her back once. <laughs> Lorelai goes in to talk to Luke and, you know, he's all like, I'm so sorry. We have a weird thing. I don't know why they can't ever get anything the first time they try to film something in this uh, Luke's diner. <laughs> yeah. Luke grabs two cups. Paper cups, like, stacked. They're stuck together. He just kind of blindly reaches and comes up with two. Then it cuts to another shot, like, from a different angle of Luke, and he's only got one cup, which he fills up with coffee. We cut again to Luke, and he's handing Lorelai the two cups again. Yeah. I would have been fine with, like, it cuts from two to one, like, fix it, you know? But it goes from two to one to two again. And then for the rest of the scene, it's two cups until Lorelai leaves, and it's one cup again. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, uh, Luke's place is a magical time warp. Do we find that out at the end that it's like connected to the charm universe somehow or they're on a hellmouth or something? Yes. That would be really funny. Like, you didn't notice the magic of Luke's? He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I left the hoopah. I'll come take it out. And she's like, no, I'm going to keep it. He's like, cool. I'll help you move it. And then maybe I'll move into your place and we can like be together. She's like, no. Some of that. They're kind of in like a weird Buffy, Willow, Xander love thing where maybe some of them want to be with some of them and some of them don't want to be with some of them, but we don't really know the rules yet. There's only two of them. And now that they're all single, who knows what'll happen? And Lorelai tells us now that she's like, I'm going to start a hotel. Just like I said, Suki and I, we're going to start a hotel. I've decided. And he's like, maybe I can help you with some of the business. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be the one to do that because you run your business like an insane person. Constantly telling people to leave. He's like closing early a lot. That's true. So he's like, yeah, let's do this. And then she calls Suki and like, we're going to start that hotel, the end. But what bothered me about that a lot was that she was just about to get married, right? And then she called it off last minute. And now impulsively, she's like, I'm going to start an inn. I'm just sort of like, would I trust you? Like, you don't seem to follow through. You remind me of someone named Christopher. Is that what you guys have in common? Is your, like, 
spontaneous decisions that go poorly. But I would argue that this is a very different thing. Like, you can be very good at your job, but very bad at relationships. Okay, but you can also have a pattern of making decisions that aren't good or well thought out. That's also true. I guess we'll see what happens. Well, I already know. Her hotel is going to be great. It's going to have a part where it doesn't work real good, but then it gets fixed by all her friends, a la... uh, Like Cinderella and her little birds? No, uh... Like, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, I didn't know that that character had a hotel. Yeah, the whole movie is he has his hotel, and he's got all the mortgage paid, but then like some guy drops in the trash can, and they can't pay for the hotel, and so he's going to kill himself, and then a bunch, a bunch of ghosts are like, hey, we live in this hotel, let's uh, talk about it, and then the ghosts come together to give him money, and they save the hotel. I don't know how much of that is true. I truly don't. All Every it. time a hotel dies. Is that that movie? Yes, and the hotel does die at the end, but it's like lived a full life, and it's funny. Great. So, Stace, do you think this is a good episode? No, I don't, really. I don't think my characters were at their best here. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't think it was that funny. Mm-hmm. I usually like Emily and Lorelai fights, but that one was just dumb and weird. Mm-hmm. There was some nice stuff between Lorelai and Rory. And then, like I said, Emily being kind of cool at the end about finding out her daughter wasn't getting married. It was a nice side of Emily, which is cool to see. But other than that, not a lot of super fun stuff. What about you? I had a lot of issues with this episode, actually. It, it started bothering me pretty early. Like, we want to know as an audience about Max. Is he taking this well? Like, is he, like, going to be, like, in a rage? Is he brokenhearted? Like, how did he react, you know? And I understand the episode might want to tease that out, not tell us right away, right? Some of the ideas, the anticipation. But it's like the writers don't even think we care about what Max thinks about this being called off. Like, he was the innocent party, right? Like, obviously, I want to know how she's dealing with this, but I also want to know what he's doing. Like, how is he dealing with this? Sure. One problem I have with this show, we've got the main cast of characters, uh, and then we've got the second-tier cast of characters, which are the townsfolk. Honestly, I feel like love interests like Dean and Max are almost like third-tier characters who... We don't care. We're not supposed to care what they think about. Like, we never see Max doing anything that isn't directly related to Lorelai. We never see Dean doing anything that isn't directly related to Rory. I'm not saying we, they need to be equal characters, but there's never even, like, an odd scene of, like, what are they doing? Is Max not a character on the show? He seems two-dimensional when we don't know about him not talking about Lorelai. That's fair. Same with Dean. I want to know how he got so hot. Yeah. Is he doing push-ups? Buffy does this a little bit. No, no, Buffy doesn't even do this. Like, if there's a character that we meet, yes, they die before we learn anything about them. But the love interests that show up, they're real characters. We, like, find out what happens to them. Like who? Angel? Yeah, like Angel. But Angel seems to be kind of a main character. Like, I don't feel like we know Cordelia, really. She's super shallow. We see scenes of Cordelia doing stuff that isn't, like, on the phone with Buffy. That's true. But I don't know that any of it's meaningful. It's just kind of information about the school or what's happening. I hear what you're saying, but, like, I feel like it's a little... I know Cordelia better than I know Max. Max Medina. Sure. And Cordelia is no one's love interest right now. Right. But I do feel like often her lines are like, well, it's the spring dance. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's all exposition, but told through a funny voice. Yeah. It's just this episode for me was not a good Gilmore's. It didn't live up to the other one. Yeah. They spent a lot of time on like, look how kooky these people at this bed and breakfast are. That just took up a lot of real estate in the episode. Mm-hmm. So Brian, which show do you think was better this week? 
I don't know. I don't want to vote for either of these episodes, honestly. I know. These are both like really bad examples of these two shows, I think. I just watched Gilmore Girls last and I'm like, nope, it wasn't that one. But then I started thinking about Buffy and I'm like, uh, well. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. When Buffy ended, I was like, oh, gosh, this is going to be the worst one for sure. But then I really didn't enjoy Gilmore Girls much either. For me, the Gilmore Girls episode was good when they were at Harvard, specifically when like she watches Rory in the classroom, even though that scene was sort of silly. And I liked the parts in Buffy that were about the characters liking or not liking each other. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to say that Gilmore Girls was better. There was a lot of stuff I didn't like about it, but I think there were a few things that I did like about it. And I really didn't like too much about that Buffy episode. Yeah. I'm going to go Gilmore Girls as well, but it's under duress. All right. You squeezed by on the skin of your teeth this week, Gilmore Girls. You you both got to step up your game, though. We're going to stop watching. That's not true. We're going to watch all of them, no matter what, even if it gets terrible. But it won't. It won't, right? Both of these seasons are supposed to be good. Well, we'd love to know your thoughts about either or both of these episodes. Like, which one did you think was kind of better? Or did you love them? Do you think Biles would be a good couple? Did you want to know more about Lorelai's breakup with Max? Do you think Sam is like a normal-sized cat? Like, when you see him, are you like, no, that's normal. That's not crazy. Right? Our cat's normal. Let us know. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok at Gilmore Slayer. And please do. We've got all kinds of fun, interactive content. Also, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an E-Y. Or send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, where we review all kinds of things. And if you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 5, Nick and Nora, Sid and Nancy. As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 5, Reptile Boy. That one already sounds not great. It's about a reptile boy. Is it Spike? No. Because Spike wasn't in this last one. I want more Spike. All right, well, we should probably go eat dinner and put our cat on a diet. And hide from our neighbor. (gasps) Did you hear that? There was a knock at the door. Oh, it's just a mummy. Oh, okay. I thought it was the neighbor here to beat you up. Nope, just a mummy. Bye.